Let me just say this, just just stirring up inside of me, and I'll just say it until there's, it's out or there's something else to say. Uh, so much of what we do and what we're doing here is, is all about alignment with heaven's agenda. When we worship God, we are... We're, setting our, we're putting ourselves in the right position. We are, we're, we're magnifying Him, of course. We're exalting Him above everything else, which gets everything straight. Uh, priorities get aligned when you worship Him. Um, our, our focus gets established. Think of the camera lens out of focus and when it comes in clear. A lot of that is happening in here. When we serve, we worship Him. Uh, so much of what we do in preaching the Word, it is for mental alignment. It is, it is to position us uh, in accordance with God's perfect will. Um, our minds are renewed and so forth. So we come into agreement with the will of God. You know, the will of God be done on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus taught. And... Uh, so, so we, we teach the word and we get in, in line, alignment with God's agenda. We, we prophesy and our thoughts go to his thoughts. He inspires a word or a song or a inspiration. Uh, he, he, he moves on something. And so all of us go from whatever we were thinking to what God is thinking. We were out of alignment and now we're, we're, in a, we're thinking his thoughts. We'll walk in accordance with his ways and his plans and his purposes. And, and in, in the middle of him revealing at times things for us to do or things for us to, uh, part of our, of our assignment in this life, it's so that we come into alignment with heaven, with what he wants to do. It's so valuable because we don't inherently know it or always, or always on track with it, but we put ourselves in position in an atmosphere like this, and we're more in tune with Him, we're more in alignment with Him. There's something about, about God's agenda that, you know, you don't have to, you know, like we say sometimes, you don't have to seek God or ask Him to bless it. Well, because it's His idea. It's got the blessing on it. It's not, Lord, bless what I do. It's, Lord, help me to do what you're doing. And then blessing is there. And if ever we're lacking the, the fullness of God's blessing, what do we need more? Just some fine tuning. Or I mean, sometimes we're totally off in left field. But <laughs> and sometimes we just need a little fine tuned because we're, we're just coming into alignment with Him. Amen. I have, the, I have this, this visual because of... I keep, keep going like this. I have this visual in my mind that it's because of an, one of the, it's because of an instrument in airplanes. And, and it, you have your track and it's, it'll have these, this arrow, these two lines that points a certain direction. And then it'll have in the middle of it is another line. So there's a line here and a line here. And then in the middle of it's the other line. And that shows you how much you're off your track. So like you're right of course. And then when you get on course, that, that arrow aligns. Then you know, like if you're in the clouds or something, that the runway's in front of you. 
and so I'm, I have this, this, this visual of getting in alignment with God's plan. Sometimes you're right, of course, you're left, of course. You, as you worship Him, that needle centers. As you hear the Word, you think, I'm totally thinking wrong about that, or I've forgotten about that. That's one of the other things that happens when you fly, you forget about, well, if you're rusty, you forget to look at certain instruments. Oh, there's that one, right? <laughs> yeah, you gotta keep your scan. And sometimes in life, you go, ah, I forgot about that, that scripture. I knew that one, but that's just been out of my mind. And, and so we get in a service or get in your own time of prayer and the Lord brings something back to you like, ah, I totally know that. Why aren't I doing that? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Sometimes you're, 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 you're wanting to overcome or have a personal battle and you're thinking, man, why isn't this working? And then as you seek the Lord, he brings something back to you or someone else says it to you like, duh, I totally know that. That's that, that instrument right over here. You know, I, I know that, but we need stirred up again. We come back into alignment with his perfect will and all of a sudden we're back on track. Yeah. I mean, you know, if the Lord said something to you five years ago and he hasn't changed it, then it doesn't make it go away. If we forget about it, we're just off course. And we just need reminded and praise God. Hallelujah. Would you, guys, would you put up, uh, could you guys put up Romans 12? I don't have my Bible, so we'll just use the screen. I could probably quote it, but Romans 12, 1. You guys know that verse? Let's look at, the, look at this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Keep going to next one. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I think there's something to be said about the perfect will of God. You know, you know what, what, the, what it is? It's perfect. The perfect will of God is totally perfect. It's not like, okay, it's not, that's good enough. It's not a might, you know, a make do. It's perfect, the perfect will of God. It should be our goal all of our days where we're not settling for, you know, the Lord will let me do this or the Lord might be okay with this or this is kind of, you know, at least it's in the realm of, of, of God. It's got God-ishness on it. Uh, no, it's the perfect will of God. Sometimes... Uh, it's said that certain things can be in his permissive will, meaning God will let you do it. <laughs> He's okay. And I, I get that on, on some level because anyone who's saved is on, at, on some level in the will of God. You know, completely out of the will of God means you reject him. You reject God, you reject the Savior, you reject Him completely. You're out of the will of God. If you're saved, you're in the will of God on some level. Now, within the salvation, the saved life and a relationship with God, you doing the will of God, you know, that sometimes is what can get out of alignment. So I don't want to just be satisfied, I'm saved. 
I want to work this thing as a relationship and say, now what do you want me to do? Healing is in God's perfect alignment. Financial blessing is in God's perfect alignment. Walking in peace. One of the words tonight about love, about being filled with his love and so much that it, it, it comes out of you. That's in the perfect will of God. Yeah, you could say, well, I'm in God's will. I know, but you, you, you know, if you're angry at people half the time, that's not his will. So, so that life doesn't necessarily have, it, it, well, it doesn't have the, the highest blessing on it. God can't bless that to the same degree that he can bless the life of love and forgiveness. Right? And, and, and so uh, I, don't, I don't ever want to be satisfied with the per- permissive will or, you know, it's okay. It, it's kind of like, you know, we share this at times in the Bible school about, about how Israel sought God for a king in their early days when they had judges before King Saul and then King David. They didn't have a king. They were a strong nation and the Lord would lead them through prophets and judges and so forth and they wanted to be like everybody else all the other nations around them we want a king we want a king the lord said you're not gonna like it he said you're not i don't want you to have a king this you're gonna be like them but it's gonna be bad because they're gonna take advantage of their authority and all this stuff and they said we don't we want one anyway so the lord said okay it shows that if you bug the lord enough he'll let you do what you want he'll even get involved with it but you just limited his best. You limited the full potential of what he could do in your life and through your life when you keep pushing him. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Because he'll say, okay. Right, and he gave them a king and you know, they had some really hard days, didn't they? And, uh, And so let's not settle for that in our lives. Lord, I want this, I want this, I want this. Stop it. Stop it. Say, Lord, what do you want? What do you want from me? I want your best. I want the perfect will of God. What if he asks us to give something up in order to have his perfect will? It'll be so good if we do it. How good will it be? It'll be perfect. Man, this is amazing. And then you get the the highest level of what he wants to do. I wonder if we even know that. I wonder if any of us have those needles perfectly aligned, you know, all the time. What is the the highest, the best of God's blessing? Well, he's able to do it, to do the most when we're completely submitted to his will and his plan. We're not holding on to things here and there. We're giving them up. We're letting them loose. We're saying, Lord, only you, all you, all of you, your best. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray it together. Say it with me. Say, Father, I want your will, your perfect will to be done in my life. I want to think like you. I want to act like you. I want to be an imitator of you all my days. Your will for this church. Your will 
for my life. Your will in the earth today. May it be so. I'm going to cooperate and be a yielded vessel full of you and nothing else. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Oh, we give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Hallelujah. I have it in my heart that that, that, that alignment there is the beginning for some people of, of some very new, amazing experiences in God. You'll enter into a blessing from heaven that, that you haven't before because of your agreement with the Lord, because of your alignment with Him. Oh, the blessing of the Lord will be manifest in greater measures and greater degrees. It will be wonderful. Hallelujah. Father, we give you all the glory and praise. Good, good God, we worship you. We yield ourselves to you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. the same lines the if you think about how the Lord aligns things how he gets us on the right track is through is through words right if if we didn't have his word if we didn't know what he wanted we could never we could never line up to the perfect will of God without a word from the Lord it goes to show you how important words really are and you know behind words there's usually a source behind words, meaning there's some spiritual thing behind things that are said. If we recognize what is of God, what words are being spoken that are God, we can, we can get ourselves more closely aligned with what God wants. And heaven is designed to be in, in the earth today through your life the measure of heaven that you're experiencing is really the, the measure of alignment that you have with the will of God. Because we know his perfect will is done in heaven, and Jesus prayed, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So if we're experiencing any amount of heaven on earth, it's because we are in agreement, we're submitted to the will of God in some aspect. And any areas that we're not experiencing heaven in, is areas that we are either disobedient to or just ignorant of the will of God. So what is our job? I need to understand and know the will of God. That was what Romans 12, 2 was saying, that our minds would be renewed so that we wouldn't be, trans we wouldn't be conformed to the world, but we'd be transformed by the renewing of the mind so that we would be able to prove, or that word also means uh, to be able to discern, to be able to understand, to recognize what is the good and the perfect will of God, acceptable and perfect will of God. How can we recognize that? Well, our minds have come into agreement with what God's will is. If our minds are out of agreement in any way, we're gonna have a hard time understanding what does God wanna do here? 
What's the will of God in this area? And so many Christians walk around totally missing the will of God in their life. And how do we know that? How do we know Christians are missing the will of God? Because their life doesn't look like heaven. If your life looked like heaven, if your life, you could also say this, if your life looked like Jesus. Jesus walked in the perfect will of God consistently Everything he did, it says about him that he was the express image of the Father. Everything that God told him to do, he did. Every word God gave him to speak, he spoke. And look what it did. Look, look what that life is like. How many believers live short of that? Can I just raise my hand? I'll, I'll be the first one to say, yep, me right here. Why? either we're ignorant of the plan of God and what he wants us to do, or we're, we're disobedient to it. Most Christians, most believers, I would say, fall into that ignorant category. And you have to recognize how the enemy works in this way. See, the enemy's job and what he really, what he's re one of the way he really tries to attack believers is to not get you to do his will, just to get you to do something that's different than the will of God. He wins when your life doesn't look like heaven. So I don't, you know, his plan is, I just gotta get you off, I gotta get you distracted, I gotta get you thinking something. You know, there's one truth and there's could be thousands of things that are contrary to the truth. So I gotta get you deceived in some way so that you are out of alignment with the will of God so that what God has for you, his highest and best, you don't experience. And that's the way he works. And, he, and, and these words, recognizing words, let me, let, me, let me take you to scripture real quick. Turn to Matthew um, 16. Matthew 16, we'll start in verse 22. This is where Jesus is, um, he's describing to the disciples what's about to happen to him, that he's gonna be, uh, go to the cross, he's gonna suffer a bunch of things, and he's gonna be killed and then raised up in the third day. That's what verse 21 says. Verse 22, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. It's always, you're always in an interesting real. <laughs> Interesting predicament when you're rebuking the Lord, right? Rebuking, uh, begin to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But he turned, Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Interesting. Jesus is recognizing where the source of words are coming from here. He's recognizing that the source of this word that was just spoken to him wasn't Peter, it wasn't his father, it was the devil. Now look, look at Peter here. I feel, I sometimes feel bad for Peter in certain areas, uh, at least before, before he's filled with the spirit. After he's filled with the spirit, Peter's like Superman. Before he's filled with the spirit, when he's walking with Jesus, you see him a lot of times, he gets his foot stuck in his mouth. It says, it, Jesus says, you are an offense to me 
for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Again, how is, this is Peter being out of alignment with the will of God. Why? What's he mindful of? Is he mindful of the things of God? Is he mindful of the words that God has, has spoke? Or is he just mindful of the things of men? And think about your mind being in the things of men, susceptible to being used by the enemy to speak a word contrary to the will of God. What's interesting, five verses before this, or maybe even less, Peter's being praised for what he says. He, he ends up saying, you know, Jesus asks him, who do you say I am? And he's like, you're the son of God. You're the Messiah. You're the Christ. Simon, son of uh, Barjona, you are, you've been revealed this by my father in heaven. Within probably a minute or two, he goes from speaking words from the father to speaking words from Satan. Do you think it's ever possible for us to do that? Do you think it's ever possible that we might be like Jesus, as get to a place that we're like Jesus where, you know, you just said something that was so spot on, way to go. And then five seconds later, they talk and like, that's the devil. <laughs> you were just saying God, every word that God says, and then you just spoke exactly what the devil says. And the end result that, that Peter en ended up getting to was an understanding of the will of God. After he got this understanding, he, he comes into alignment and he's able to benefit from it. You know, I think even, even here, he doesn't fully grasp what's being said or, or even, I mean, think of Peter just being Peter for a second Satan, that's pretty harsh, all right. He gets rebuked for saying what's the, the words of Satan. And he, and he doesn't even recognize that he's doing it in the moment. And, you know, I would almost even say that he doesn't recognize it afterward because if you remember, he has a real hard time with Jesus' death. Jesus, right before this, right before he says, this isn't going to happen. Jesus is saying, I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised up. I'm going to die and I'm going to be raised up. Why was Jesus saying that? So they, those disciples wouldn't go through what they went through after the cross. Those disciples had a rough three days. What if they took that word that Jesus is sharing with them I'm gonna suffer these things. These things are gonna be done to me. I'm gonna be killed, but, I'm, but then I'm gonna be raised up. See, they heard the words, but it didn't, it didn't, they didn't say, yep, that's 100% fact. I'm gonna be 100% convinced of this. They took that word, and then when they saw him die, they forgot everything else he said. They, they said, oh, oh no. He's dead. We're, what, what are we going to do now? They didn't, they didn't go back and say, wait a second. Didn't he say this was going to happen? Didn't he say he was going to be killed and then raised back up? 
And what Jesus was trying to do was get heaven into them. He was trying to get them into a place where they're not in fear, they're not concerned, they're not worried at the sight of their master being crucified. How did it come? It came through a word. It came through a word. God's gonna give us his word. One of the ways we know that love comes to us, comes to us is through his word. His wor- he sent his, world, his word and healed them. How did healing come? came through his word. How does the peace of God come to us? Well, it doesn't come just because you you want it to. It doesn't come just because you hope it does. You you say, well, the Lord told me, he said that he gave me his peace, that it's not like the peace of this world. So if that's the case, I have it. That faith actually reaches out and and receives the very thing heaven's provided. It all comes through the word. Well, words, this isn't the only word that we have from the Lord. You've been spoken uh, to directly from the Lord. You've been spoken to through a minister uh, by God and and God's given you his word through ministers. Those are no less valid than this. Those are no less important. Those are no less heaven producing in your life. How do we know though? How do we know what's of God and what's not of God? Let me, let me take you to 1 John real quick. 1 John, that's in the back. It's like pretty close before Revelation. 1 John. First John 4, 1 John 4.1 said, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This word test in the Greek is actually the exact same Greek word in Romans 12, 2 that says to prove what is the the will of God. So that word prove, test, discern, all the same word in the Greek. So how do we discern? How do we discern if it's from God? You you judge the spirits. You discern the spirit that's behind the word. You've been given the spirit of God on the inside of you that's the spirit of truth, and he's going to lead you into all righteousness and with the the Holy Spirit. See, it's always the spirit and the word working together that produces heaven. It's always those two that are working together. The Holy Spirit will confirm, will help you discern, will help you judge what spirit is behind certain words. Now, I'm not saying get all hyper-spiritual and say, oh, I wonder what's behind this word or what's behind that. But I will tell you this, that there are spirits in this world that are uh, trying to instill fear, 
trying to instill and, and, and get people off into sin, trying to get people off into all sorts of uh, unclean things. Those spirits speak words and they do it the same way God gets his word through many times, which is through individuals. So it's, it's vitally important that we recognize, oh wow, that was God that just spoke through you. Or that was the devil. The devil just uttered those words. You're watching the news. Oh, wow. Wow, that's like the, that's, that's like the voice of God right there. That's, those words didn't come from that, that person. That came from heaven. Next sentence out of their mouth, and that's the devil. <laughs> there are many voices in this world, and some of them... Um, you know, we're, we're designed to recognize the shepherd's voice. Sometimes his voice is recognized in others. You can pick out the voice of your, your shepherd and say, oh, wow, look at that. That was God. Holy smokes. That's not a scripture, something in the Bible, but that's you being astonished. I don't know any smoke that's holy except for maybe what led the Israelites. That was probably holy smoke. So maybe it is in the Bible. I just, I just figured it out. I'm going to say it more often now. It's like, holy smokes, there's God. He just spoke through this person. You know, he can, sp I've heard him speak through kids. I've, I've heard a kid say something like, whoa. And, and the Bible talks about how he's going, he will speak through babes. That's, that's children. Get your mind on holy things. <laughs> there are many voices out there, but some of them are yielding to different spirits. The spirit of God is, is able to use who is, he's allowed to use. Meaning this, the willingness of a person to be yielded to the Holy Spirit, the Lord will use them to speak his word. And that word will produce life in you. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. God's plan for you is to get his life into you. It's gonna happen through his word. It's gonna happen through him getting you to think like he thinks. When you think like he thinks, there's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that, no devil can get in the way of a child of God who thinks like his father or her father. No, no devil can come in and stop Jesus from doing what he was called to do. Even though he tried like crazy, I mean, he went to great lengths. He murdered thousands of babies to try to stop the will of God through Jesus. He went through great length. He also used words through people like Peter. He used words that came in the form of thoughts when he was being tempted in the desert. What, what's, what's the devil trying to do? Let me just get you off. Let me get you out of the perfect will. Let me get you. And by doing that, you come into, you come into submission to him, to submission to the enemy. 
And that's what gives him place in your life. That's what gives him the ability to use you to speak a different will, something that's contrary to the will of God. See, the devil, he just wants to mess stuff up. He just wants to make things, he just wants to do as much destruction as he possibly can. He knows his time is short. So anything that he can get you to do to get you out of alignment with the will of God, he's gonna try it. Can I tell you, he's desperate. And he doesn't have it all figured out. He doesn't know what's going to work with you. He's not smart, smart enough to know. But, so he's gonna try probably many things. The way you protect yourself is you know the truth. You know, a counterfeit, someone, someone who uh, is trained to spot counterfeits of, of let's say, currency. Do you know how they train someone to spot a counterfeit? They focus and they study and they know what a real $100, whatever the, the, the denomination is, they know what that thing looks like, what it's supposed to look like. They know everything that it's supposed to have, what it's not supposed to have. So when the, something that's false, something that's a counterfeit comes in front of them, it's automatic. They don't even have to really look very hard. It's like, well, something's off here. Sometimes, sometimes when you um, are looking for something that's the genuine article, you can recognize something's wrong before you can even put your finger on it. That's what judging the spirits behind words is kind of like. I don't know why what you just said was wrong, but I know that the spirit behind that was off, so it's, so I, I can't receive it. I can't accept that. Listen, God's calling us to a, a, a place that is so separate from this world. He's calling us out. He's calling us out of this world. He's saying, come step deeper in with me, and that's gonna look less and less like looking like this world. He wants to see us be the spotless bride that we're called to be. He's calling us out of this world. You're not gonna be doing a whole lot of, hmm, let's try to walk this life out the way we wanna walk it out and turn into a spotless bride. How do you turn into a spotless bride? You say, I need to know what God's will is. I need to know his word. A mind that's renewed to his word easily discerns what the will of God is. You know, when something on the news shows up and I can just tell, you can just tell that's something's wrong with that. Something behind that is, is wrong, it's evil. You know, some, not even just the news, but sometimes like what some in our leadership of our country even our local government, some of the things that they're doing, it's like, that's, there's something evil about that. There's something wrong. It's the Spirit of God that's recognizing that. And why is it, why are you recognizing that? Because your mind, to whatever degree, has been renewed to what His Word is. His Word, when, you're, when you think like He thinks, when the counterfeit comes up, when something that's not of him steps in front of you, when words are spoken that are from a different spirit come across your 
come across your mind, something's off, something's wrong. I'm not gonna receive that. Let's, let's be discerning. Let's be mindful of what God's saying. Let's learn to recognize what God's behind and what the enemy's behind, what's, what's a counterfeit and what's the real deal. It takes this. I have to judge things. If you don't know you're supposed to judge things, you won't judge things. You're supposed to judge words. You're supposed to judge the spirit that's behind those words. If you don't, you're going to be susceptible to those words. And when, you're, when you receive a word that's contrary to the word of God, what happens? What God wanted for your life in that area doesn't come to doesn't come to pass. It does not manifest. God has such great things in store for us. You know, I, I keep referring back to saying this a few weeks ago when I was opening up in one of these services about how God just has us in this bubble where the world's getting crazier, but in the bubble, it's more and more like heaven every day. Who, who's in that bubble? How, how much of that bubble do you, do you experience? It's in the degree in which the will of God that you know and that you actually follow. So let's get in the bubble. Let's know what the will of God is. What's the will of God concerning what you're supposed to do with your life? What's the will of God concerning and just any aspect of life? God has thoughts on, he has a plan, he has certain opinions. Are you gonna submit to that? You're gonna come under that? If you come under that, say, yes, I'm gonna adopt his opinion. Because his opinions are eternal. His, his thoughts and his, his ways are eternal. They'll never change. By the way, you know, if you find something in here you disagree with, God hasn't changed his mind on that subject. Well, you know, I know, but this was like 2,000 years ago, and he still thinks this way. His thoughts are still these thoughts. The way he does things is still this, the same way. He's not, he's not changing his opinions of stuff just because our, our society is. Just because our society says, no, this is good now. It's good. This is a good thing. Wait a sec. No, I'm going to go with what's eternal. I'm going to go with what the spirit of truth is saying. Because listen, every area and every inch that we, sometimes what Christians do isn't just a, oh, okay, it's good now. Sometimes it's just a, well, maybe it's just not as bad as what is written in the book. Maybe it's just not as bad. No, it is. Whatever sin we are called to hate, we hate sin. We hate things that are completely contrary to God. Well, what if the world says you're going to be a, a bigot or you're going to be a whatever if you think that way? 
And so be it. The world's going to hate you because it first hated him. And the world has an agenda that is controlled by the one who hates you and who hated God to begin with. That's the agenda of the world. It's all coming to a close pretty soon, by the way. This is all getting wrapped up. If you're not aware of that, your eyes are either closed or you don't know anything. This world is wrapping up. This time that we're living in, is, it's coming to an end. It's time, it's time to start making the line in the sand and saying, you know what? I can't, I can't do what I used to do. I can't, I can't be complacent with certain things like I used to be. I can't say, uh, it's okay if I do this once in a while. Or, No, I have to be separated from that world. I have to come out of it. I have to recognize that I'm a, I'm a true child of God. I've been made holy and righteous. I've been made in the image of my Father. I'm not gonna live that way. I'm not gonna think that way. I'm not gonna... It's, it's even voices out there that you would say, you know what, what they have to say is mostly, mostly good. Listen, I've heard ministers from the pulpit, not, in, not in, from this pulpit, thank God. I've heard ministers from the pulpit be preaching something that's so right on, so God, and in the same sentence, there's something behind there's another, there's another thing that they say that's totally not the word of God. It goes against the word of God, but they say it with the same authority. They say it with the same passion. They say it with the same charisma. And yet it's like all those people just got deceived that heard that. Listen, even ministers, you're, you're called to judge the spirit behind their words. I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's Pastor Mark. I don't care if it's that guy on, on YouTube or Facebook that has millions of followers, don't just hook, line, and sink or feed everything that you're hearing. You sp you're supposed to judge those things. And I'm not saying that they all, they all have evil intentions. Peter didn't have evil intentions. They just have a mind that's not fully renewed to the word of God. And so the enemy will say certain things through them that they're not aware of happens all the time, happens in most churches, which is why you see, why you see such a body of Christ that lives substandard to God's call, which is to see heaven in their life to the full. Just that's reality. And the more we start thinking like him, the more we're aware of what's behind. How can you be aware? Well, I need to know his, I have to have my mind renewed and I have to be looking to the Spirit of God to lead me and to, to discern what's right. Amen? Praise God. Anybody got anything else? You guys ready to go? You guys ready to go out here and hear, start listening to and discerning the voices that you're hearing? Voices in this world saying, you know what? That's God right there. How do I know that's God? It lines up with this and on the inside, the Spirit of God confirms it. It's like, yes, the Spirit of God, when He... When the Spirit of God hears the words of his Father spoken, he says yes on the inside of you. When, when the Spirit of God hears words that are not from the Father, it's like, ugh, what is that? Something's off. He will lead you. He's, 
He's been doing this for thousands of years. He's really good. He's, he's, he knows you better than you know you. He knows what you need to hear and how you need to hear it. So trust him. Trust him that he's gonna lead you the right way. Trust him that he's gonna reveal truth to you. Trust him that the will of God will be made known to you. If you can't trust him to, to reveal things, then it's, it's likely because this word isn't as real to you as it's supposed to be. You've, you've made something else priority over this word. Amen? Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father, we just thank you for your spirit that he does lead us and guide us into all truth. Father, I thank you for your words that you've sent to us.